The views and opinions expressed by contributors on the Spoon River Gothic podcast are their own and do not necessarily reflect the position of the host. Material heard on the Spoon River Gothic podcast is intended for adult listeners. This podcast deals with mature topics that may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. This is Spoon River Gothic, narrative of a double homicide. My name is Anne-Marie, and I am uh, with Lumberg Media. We're doing the podcast about Spoon River Gothic. Oh, cool. Yeah, so you had given us your number, and I'm uh, reaching out to you to see if you'd be willing to talk to us about uh, the Donald Bull case. Well, from what I could tell you, I don't care. I don't know if I got much I can add to whatever you already got. We just babysatted him. You babysat for him? I bet. Well, I was a deputy at the time, so we was we <laughs> took him to court. <laughs> I took him to court and everything to uh, so you can say I babysat him for three and a half weeks. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Um, do you mind if I record this interview? Oh, I don't care. Oh, okay. <clears throat> So, um, I mean, just whatever you have to say about uh, the case and Donald Bull, I am all ears. Well, I don't, uh, like I say, we was assigned to uh, take care of him, get him to court, uh, get up in the morning, go get him from the, we kept him at Schuyler County Jail, and or Hancock County Jail, excuse me, and we would get him, take him to court, or take him to the courthouse there in uh, Carthage, set him in a room away from everybody, bring him out, sit there close to him during the trial. Then at lunchtime, we would take him back to the Hancock County Jail. And then um, after lunch, we'd go get him, go through everything again. The end of the evening, we'd take him back and and put him back in there and do the whole thing all over again the next day. Uh, he he never let on like he did this. He was just calm and cool like, they don't have me on this case. And, uh, you know, just sitting there listening to everything. We knew they, we knew he had him, you know. It was just so obvious, but he just was so sure of himself that he wasn't going to get convicted that uh but he never really uh uh you know when the guilty verdict came down he he never really uh reacted that much if i remember right uh and then uh, after the uh uh verdict it seems like I can't remember if we brought him back to Fulton County then or or left him down there but I'm thinking we brought him back to Fulton County after that but anyway that's 
pretty much it right there in a the nutshell. So do you remember prior to having that assignment of um, taking him back and forth, do you remember the case as it unfolded, the fire, um, the murder? Do you remember hearing about that and what were your thoughts uh, if you did? Oh, I just happened to be in Canton that day when the fire department went down there and they said they had two bodies. Uh, but never knew anything other than that, you know. Uh, I wasn't involved in, in any of the investigations. Yeah, did you I ever talk only... to him? Did you have any kind of... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we talked all the time. Oh, okay. Uh, but... He never, like I say, that's when he would just kind of act like, you know, he wasn't going to get convicted of this. He just seemed like uh, Mr. Cool, you know. It was like, this wasn't, this wasn't going to happen to him. Did you, be- did you believe that he believed that? I think he believed he was going to fool everybody. Okay, so you're convinced without a doubt that he did it. Oh yeah, there's no doubt he did it. Why? Yeah. Why? What is it about the case and what you know that really gives you that gut feeling that he did it? Well, it was just all the evidence that they came up with, and I can't sit here and you know tell you all the evidence after so many years. But uh, just sitting there listening to the trial, uh, I know that that you know DNA was coming out. You know, it was being used then, and it seemed like there was DNA evidence there too that had him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he was living in the Rochelle then, and I believe he came in and smelled the gas that morning too, if I remember right. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's just been so long ago. Right. What was his? Li- what was he like? Like you know, physically and. You know, that's some of the stuff we're trying to get to is uh, sort of descriptions of him and from people who actually spent time with him. You wouldn't think of him as being that type of person. Clean cut. Uh, He wasn't filthy mouth. He was just a normal person, you would have thought. I I, I guess the best way would be like... uh, Bundy, you know Ooh, how yeah. how charismatic he was. Yeah, he he'd almost kind of uh, put you in mind of that. Probably not as intelligent as what Bundy was, but he uh, was just clean cut like that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Was he a big guy? Oh, let's see. I'm five eight. He might have been about five ten at that. I don't know that he was that tall. Uh, kind of stout shoulders. Uh, he was delivering furniture, if I remember right, so he must have had some muscle there. Yeah, I heard that he was pretty muscular. Yeah, but I mean, he, of course, he was always uh, had his, his, his kind of winter time, if I remember. Yeah, it was in March, I think, is when it started. Uh, so he always had kind of a long sleeve shirt on, but, uh, he never gave us a problem. Uh, he never bad mouthed us anytime. Mm-hmm. 
the family would always just kind of stare at him and stuff. And uh, Donna's family. Yeah. And uh, we, uh, you know, they never uh, caused a problem towards us, you know, taking him in and out or anything. Nobody did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, didn't make the comment to him once. If you want to say something to him, go ahead. But I don't recall oh, them ever saying say anything. anything to him. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe when we was leaving that last day when they uh, sentenced him to death or something like that. So was the whole family there? I know the mo- uh, Donna's mother had passed. Oh, was- see, Donna's sister was there, and I think she had a couple brothers there, and her dad was there. What was and we, that? When, oh, they, they was really neat, really neat people. Uh, nice people and it seems like they had the kind of that Jersey kind of accent to them because they were from back east somewhere like Boston or somewhere out of that Connecticut. Place. yeah they lived in Stanford Connecticut yeah and they, they had that little accent to them so when we didn't have bull with us we would uh, you know visit with them and uh, matter of fact we got Christmas cards from them for a few years did you really yeah, and uh, uh, it seems like they they sent some uh, uh, like chocolates or something like that to the state's attorney's office, you know, for a couple years too. But uh, anyway, they're just nice people. Mm-hmm. And I think there was maybe two brothers. I'm not sure. I can remember one standing there, and he would look at him, then he'd look at me, and then look away. And that's why I said, don't, you know, you ain't causing a problem. Don't worry about it. Yeah, do you think they were satisfied? The family, do you think they were satisfied with the verdict? Oh, yeah. Yes, I do. So you literally said, if you want to say something to him, you can. You told the family yeah. that? If you want to say something to him, say something. Yes. But they didn't really take you up on it except for the last they, day. It, it just maybe, you know, just a few words, and I couldn't tell you exactly what them were. Yeah, yeah. So, are you retired now? I am retired, and I'm enjoying it. I don't do nothing. <laughs> Me and my wife started bowling here Last year, no, by golly, it's been almost two years ago now. We got we got our dogs and we uh, bowl and bowl. <laughs> Pardon the pun there. Uh, don't really do much with the sheriff's office anymore. Of course, now. Uh, Friends of ours, kids are, are are deputies and stuff now. You know, we watch these kids grow up, and now they've they've taken over. So go for it, boys. We had our time. Now, uh, 
where are you guys from? Jackie was uh, uh, telling me about this book or something. I guess she, yeah, she shared it on Facebook, and I sent her that picture of uh, Doug and I walking uh, a bull out of the courthouse one day, and and she said, I can't remember if it's her made the comment or somebody else. Might, How's come nobody knows about this? How's come it was swept under the rug? Well. It wasn't, you know, at the time there was press everywhere. Uh, uh, the Canton Daily Ledger, one of their people was down there every day. Uh, the Peoria News was around. They didn't, I never saw them down there at Carthage, but they were, uh, you know, it was, it was a big story there for a at while. The time. It was just the young, yeah, it just you know, younger generation they never never heard of it, you know. But anyway, it was it was publicized quite a bit. Well, it's interesting all the different perceptions that people have about uh, the history and that story, and you know the fact that we're covering it. Um, it people have very differing views about it, which I find completely fascinating. Well, now they're, you know, if you talk to some of his friends, maybe they got a, you know, better. He's trying to be on his good behavior around us, of course. Right. But right. how he was away from us, I, you know, I wouldn't have any idea. Like I say, the only thing I did was I was one of the deputies assigned to him to take him to court and, and back to jail. So I really didn't have that much involvement as far as, like I say, the investigation or anything like that. Well, how'd you get mixed up with Donnie Bull's story? It's fun. I like it. I like to look at stories. I'm a storyteller, and I like to do research. So, you know, that's that's where I, that's kind of my angle. I don't really have an opinion about, you know, I'm still learning about the case myself. And I, I'm learning about it through the points of view of different people by talking to them. Mm-hmm. Do you know David Haynes? I I don't know him, but I know who you're talking about. Yes. Okay. Uh, was, was he the banker or the UPS driver? <laughs> he was the banker. Okay. Yeah, he's the one that went and checked and found this stuff. Yeah. 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 Uh, I remember, it seemed like he testified too. Yeah, now, yeah. Now that you bring his name up. Uh, right. Uh, it seemed like it only took like 45 minutes for them to deliberate. That's it wasn't very long. Right, right. I know we went across, we took him back and we went across, we took him back and there was a little restaurant there on the square that we was all going to. And um, we took him back to the jail come back sat down before we could even get our meal I don't even know if it was in front of us yet if it was it had just got in front of us when they said that they was back so I know it didn't take them very long interesting
Hey, Alan. Uh, it's Anne Marie. I'm calling you. You just called yeah, me? I know. I just called you. Yeah. Let, let me tell you what's going on. Um, I have one old backup thing. I don't even know what it is. They're trying to open it up. If not, that I'm, if they can't do it, they'll go to, I'm going to go to Geek Squad or something. I might have some of the files there. But on one of the, I don't even know what they call it. Like, it looks like cigarette lighters, you know, the backup stuff. I found one document. And it was my motion for discovery. And it does refresh my memory. And it, it, there's some interesting stuff on it. And ultimately, it's only a four-page doc motion. But what's in there, and I can just tell you on the phone, I, I, he's supposed to call me back today about the other stuff or tomorrow. So in the next couple of days, we'll know whether we have any of the documents. But there's a couple of things and that, that, that we found out. One of the allegations was in, in the petition that the two snitches... Uh, this guy's first name is C-R-O-I-S-E-R, -E and the uh, name is Chester. Uh, we believe that they had given a uh, uh, exchange, immunity for, for their testimony. We made that allegation. You understand what I mean? Yes. All right, the next thing that we alleged, which I didn't remember, we believe we, and that they suppressed evidence for the defense that there were hair samples found at the crime scene that did not match the year of the petitioner. All right. Okay. Uh, then we found that there, we believe that there was a polygraph test of Chester, which we never received. Um, then there's apparently newspaper articles that may that there was some evidence that was lost or destroyed. Okay. The, 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 the second thing, and then also the, the ring issue. Um, I spoke to Kathy Kelly, who doesn't really want to be involved. I'm sure help but doesn't want to speak, you know, on the record, said, now that I remember that, they showed some of this stuff to some of the jurors, and they got two, this was attached to the petition, I believe, two jurors signed an affidavit saying they, there's a reasonable probability they wouldn't have voted for guilty based on the new evidence. You know, no, so the petition is really important. My recollection, Yes, obviously the clemency that my client didn't have, he was dead. But I believe I gave a copy to the family. And I also believe that Bull had copies of the pleadings, not the transcripts. Because I traditionally give the copies to the client. Okay. So the family had that. So, but let's, I recommend you, if you can wait a few days, let's see if I have it in this old gizmo, whatever it is, I don't even know what it's called. <laughs> I've done so many of the cases. The last thing that comes out in the trial is the truth, all right? Now, people can be guilty, but the prosecutor presents crazy evidence that's not real. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. I've had that at least four or five times. I can give you scenarios. The client's really guilty, but the, the, the trials are simply not fair. I would have not filed a clemency petition on behalf of a dead person to exonerate us, indicating at least he didn't have a fair trial. And... That's that's why we did it. So it's important that somehow we get a copy of this clemency because it's like the closing argument. Okay. We made everything out. All right. I mean, to make it real simple. Yeah. You know, he could have done this, but the trial wasn't fair. All right. Yeah. Trust me, I've seen. I mean, and, and that made I have to be honest with you is that people, you know, something's phony is going on here. You know, that we don't know. He might have done it. Maybe these other guys helped him. Who right. knows? Right. All right. Yeah. But there's something suspicious about the case. Um, so I should be able to know 
if I can't get it from the old printing company that printed up all the stuff or know how to use the uh, this, 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 this gizmo, he'd never seen one before. Don't forget this, this was all stored in 202. Yes, the technology. But I did the clemency in 203, which may be on this backup. I mean, I'll figure out if I can get the stuff to you. Um, I think I have to search the telephone number. We, we, we sent an investigator down to look at the ring. His name is Joe Barr. Probably dead because I'm 75 and this is 25. He was a retired police officer. Mm. And I think he was in the late 60s. So, I mean, this is a long time ago. Do you know the family members of Bull? They're the ones that may have the documents. I think I gave them the documents. Okay. All right. And they were willing to take the fire. I had about eight boxes duplicates and all this. They never picked it up years later. I destroyed them. Okay. So, oh, know, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, especially somebody that's dead, you know, I mean, you know, I don't like some documents I give to other people, the person's still alive. Right. You know, and and and, and then, uh, uh, you have the names of the prosecutors, I have them, they're on the motion. I'll give you the motion when, if I can, we'll, we'll, we'll email them to you once we find there's only four pages, but the other stuff is not. Hopefully, it's in this backup gizmo, whatever it is. Okay. And if it's not, it's not. It's lost, you know. And, you know, I mean, some of this stuff was done on these old computers. Um, you know, they, they, the world of scanning is different now. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm, I'm willing to say that I didn't think he had a fair trial on minimum. Nobody follows a clemency on behalf of a dead person. Name should be exonerated. That, that, that I certainly can say. That is interesting. You don't hear from me after Thanksgiving, you know. You know, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll call you before Thanksgiving. Okay. Thank you, Alan. I know by then. Okay. You know, I mean, uh, but anyway, you know, I mean, once we get, I, I kind of feel sorry for you. That's why I'm doing this. <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> oh, thank you. I mean, yeah, because I mean, this is like you're looking at something that's long forgotten. Right. You know, and he died of natural causes, so nobody, you know, ever going to care. But, um, all right, all right, so we'll speak again, but you've got this information. There, there was a reason for me to do all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, you know? definitely. And there's probably two jurors out there that may be alive that could say they, they with this new stuff, they wouldn't have voted for conviction. But there's a couple of things and that, that, that we found out. One of the allegations was in the petition that the two snitches, uh, the guy's first name was C-R-O-I-S-E-R, and the uh, name was Chester. Uh, we believe that they had given a uh, uh, exchange immunity for, for their testimony. We made that allegation. You understand what I mean? Yes. You know, he could have done this, but the trial wasn't fair. Maybe these other guys helped him. Spoon River Gothic is a production of Lone Bird Media in association with CZ Studio and Radio Verite. The show is produced by August Olson, editing, directing, and producing by Corey Zimmerman. 
Audio mastering and engineering by E Mastered. Research is done by Anne Marie Cannon, Chelsea Mesa, and me, Jinra Illustrisimo. Spoon River Gothic is written and hosted by Corey Zimmerman. You can follow the show at czstudio.works and read the blog at spoonrivergothic.com. Show some love by leaving us a rating or review on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And stay tuned for the next episode as we dive deeper into the Donald Bull case. Thank you for listening. This is Spoon River Gothic, narrative of a double homicide.